0: Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we have Congressman Andy Biggs, yes, from the great state of Arizona, Republican, also chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, the, one of the most influential conservative caucuses in Congress, here to talk to us. And we're going to talk about the border. We're going to talk about impeachment, cancel culture, all the things that are going on uh, in Washington that people are scratching their head about. I know many of you are more worried about what's on your plate what's in your wallet, your checking account, whether your kid is going to get to go to school or not, and yet Washington seems to be talking about things far removed from that. We're going to talk about that disconnect with uh, Congressman Andy Biggs in a few seconds. But before we do that, I want to do something different. Most days I like to focus on some of our investigative reporting because that's my favorite thing to do. But we've had two polls in the last couple days that I find just really interesting. We have a great pollster, right? Scott Rasmussen doesn't get any better than that. He's been measuring a lot of the big issues uh, that have been uh, playing out in America the last few months. And and he's really polling on issues that a lot of other people uh, aren't measuring, aren't looking at, aren't checking uh, American sentiments. And so I wanna mention two that have been on the site in the last 48 hours. You can still find them on the site. Just type in the word poll, you'll find it. The first is related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And as you know, Uh, who the World Health Organization has said they don't really know where it originated from. They guess that it came from an animal, uh, and they don't think it came from a a lab in Wuhan. Uh, That's a little bit different. Uh, The World Health Organization has taken a different approach than where the Trump administration was in its final days in office, where Mike Pompeo and others said it seemed to be a growing body of evidence that supported that the coronavirus accidentally escaped from a an experiment at the wuhan lab uh, neither side has smoking gun evidence right it's all a matter of how you assess the facts that are in evidence and what's missing uh, but it's interesting to know that when there's been two debates over this and two different sides what do the american people believe and uh, scott's poll for just the news we do a daily poll uh found that a strong majority of american voters believe that covid 19 was likely manufactured in a lab that's a big number. What's the number? It's 65% of people believed it happened and only 21% of Americans doubted it. So very strong belief in America, uh, which indicates that Donald Trump's messaging more likely got through uh, than the World Health Organization or some of those in the CDC and elsewhere. Uh, But an interesting poll and it shows how much the um, uh, sentiments are changing on this issue right now. Now, we've got a second poll that also caught my fancy, and I think it's interesting. It just came out today, so it's fresh on the site, and it kind of gets into one of those social wedge issues. If you remember, we've been chronicling the issues of men who identify as, through transgender, as being women, so biological males, uh, who identify as women who want to compete in female sports instead of male sports. And we've never measured on this issue before, but uh, we asked the question should a biological male who identifies as a female, uh, uh, should they be allowed to compete on women's sports teams? And we found, again, a strong uh, percentage of Americans, 56% of Americans said no, a biological male competing uh, on a uh, female team because they identify transgender as a female. Only 27% of America answered yes. And a large people are undecided. About 17% said they weren't sure. But a really significant uh, growing body of evidence that these issues are not yet um, uh, resolved in the American conscience. If they are resolved in the American conscience, it's uh, in opposition. Um, uh, What's interesting is that there was, we just had a story by Daniel Payne, my good colleague the other day, that took a look at some of the scientific evidence that shows that even uh, uh, biological males who go through some transgender um, transitions, such as uh, taking synthetic estrogen supplements, that they still have um, physical superiority traits over biological females. And so uh, you can take a look at that uh, search on Daniel Payne's name. I think that... um, uh, article was growing evidence suggests transgender females maintain natural athletic advantages over girls. Uh, Some important well-trusted scientific journals. Remember Democrats have, and many, most people in America say trust, trust the science. Well, the science suggests that a a biological male, even after undergoing synthetic hormone treatment does maintain a physical advantage over a biological female when it comes to athletic competitive skills. And that may be driving some of these sentiments, this um, you know, 56% of Americans opposing biological males uh, who identify as a female being able to compete against biological girls in, in high school, college sports. Um, all important stuff. Uh, two polls that I just thought were interesting. I, I really like what uh, Scott Rasmussen does. He really tests some of the main um, uh, philosophies and issues and wedge issues that a lot of the news media don't measure sentiments. They, they tell us what the body of fact is, but they're not actually asking Americans, what do you think? And I, I love that about Scott. All right, now we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to have Congressman Andy Biggs, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, Republican, representing the great state of Arizona, uh, a person who has a lot of insight of what's been going on in the U.S. Capitol related to the January 6th riots, related to impeachment, related to the Trans-Canada pipeline, uh, hypocrisy, uh, the new metal detector rules being imposed, what appears to be unevenly. Uh, We're going to have all that with our great guest, Andy Biggs, in just a few seconds. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, one of my favorite guests on this show, Congressman Andy Biggs is joining us. Congressman, welcome back to the show.
1: John, it's always good to be with you.
0: It's a good thing there's nothing to talk about in Washington these days. It's very boring, nothing interesting is going on, I guess. Uh, Yeah, nothing happened,
1: nothing Nothing happened at
0: all. No, no hypocrisy, everybody's behaving themselves. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, to dive in quickly first on um, the story everyone's thinking about. The trials have been underway now in the Senate. And um, you have, more than any other member, been able to really articulate some of the insanity of the way this was rushed and then how the evidence boomerangs back. It's just like Russia all over again. When you see now all the evidence of the pre-planning of the Capitol riots, of the failure of Capitol leadership to get the assets when they needed it for security beforehand, Uh, what do you say about the state of this impeachment trial, the impeachment evidence? Um, uh, Is the storyline just as wrong as Russia collusion was?
1: Yeah, I think it really is. I mean, uh, uh, their manager, Jamie Raskin, just said uh, it's not going to bore us with the law. It's just going to talk about facts. And so they've just been showing a bunch of videos, right, and and, uh, and making some pretty outrageous statements. But the facts are pretty clear now that uh, not only did the FBI know that there was there were folks planning to do something before president Trump ever took the stage. I mean, days before he ever took the stage, but that Capitol police had requested backup to help and support. And someone, a uh, supervisor had uh, indicated to them, no, we can't do that because of the optics. So if we start of looking at the, the facts that you can't incite a riot, if, if a riot is already planned by somebody. And, uh, and it was, I mean, the, the first uh, inkling I had that something might be a little bit different that day is when I, I found out there was a pipe bomb. I mean, the first thing when I got to the floor that day, uh, a friend of mine tells me there's a pipe bomb that's been found over behind the Republican National Committee uh, building. So, I mean, there, when you start talking about that and you start realizing they don't really care about the facts, right. because if they cared about the facts, they wouldn't have spent – they would have sent this to a committee for an investigation in the House. This is all about political payback. This is about uh, just vengeance and hate uh, that they've had for President Trump for four and a half
0: years. Yeah, that's really, that's the key. The rush to judgment was to avoid the facts because they had an un- unfinished mission. They wanted to impeach this guy and get him out and. They tried for four years and couldn't, so they tried one last time. It seems to be that that's the story that's that's really emerging. When you look at the the dialogue now, we saw the letter from the uh, former Capitol Police Chief saying, uh, giving a real specific timeline. One of the big unanswered questions to me is, who above the House Sergeant-at-Arms knew about this and who else was weighing in on the quote-unquote optics of it? Do you think Nancy Pelosi has answered the questions that she should answer as the mayor of the Capitol?
1: No, not at all. I think, I think that's part of the problem is that they were so quick. And so uh, they pursued some, you know, they don't do anything quick around here, John, you know, that uh, that's for sure. they, <laughs> yeah, they can, they can quickly say, okay, we're just going to do a two hour impeachment of this president. And then, and because, and, and their, their mantra was, you know, he's dangerous to stay in. We can't keep him in. We can't keep him in. We got to get him out right away. Well, we, we didn't even know anything about the the pre. Planning that that has now been revealed. Right. We didn't know about about what the the, the chief of police said uh, that, that about the optics, which you're talking about. And Nancy Pelosi uh, hasn't had to answer any questions of it. None of that happened before they impeached President Trump, and then they then they chose to hold on to those documents, the the articles, before transmitting them to the Senate until after he was out of office. So that if you if you don't believe that fixes in on this thing and and is is designed to distract from uh, actions like Nancy Pelosi may have engaged in then then you're missing it and no investigation has been done even to this moment even yeah. to this moment
0: that's really the shocking thing I mean this was the Capitals version of nine eleven. it was such a traumatic event for people and uh, and yet there's been almost no factual blue, uh, uh, blue ribbon commission sort of effort to just get the facts out it's all been about the politics and uh, it, every time I see a reporter try to talk to Nancy Pelosi and they don't ask the question, when did you know it? You know, what did you know? And when did you know it? And and um, is there anything Republicans uh, can do to try to force that answer from the speaker?
1: Well, I think I'm, I'm hoping that um, we can see some of that in the, the questions that go forward in the last part of this impeachment trial. when when the president's defending team can can basically assert to the house managers. What what did the speaker know? Well, not not only just what did she know. What did anybody else know in leadership over there? And when did they know it? And what? How did they respond once they knew? Um, because uh, ostensibly, I mean, the the evidence seems to indicate that they knew it um, a day or two, maybe more before. Yeah,
0: I think that's right. And did nothing. Yeah, didn't do anything. Yeah, and you now look at the public evidence that the FBI has. Yeah, I, I went through all 125 of the affidavits in these court cases, and uh, almost everything that is now proof of coordination, planning, threat, violence uh, was in the open space. It was on Parlor, it was on Twitter, it was on Facebook, GoFundMe. And it raises another question, right. which is, if the FBI, as they promised the House back in September, was looking at extremism, did anyone look at this stuff? Who was paying attention to these sites leading up to January 6th? It, it, it appears that... Maybe the FBI wasn't watching as closely as, as they had led Congress to believe from Chris Ray's testimony in um, in September. Has there been any discussion among members about oversight of the FBI and maybe that they were asleep at the switch as well?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we we would like to, uh, in Judiciary Committee, we'd like to have um, Christopher Ray come in. We would like to have oversight. We'd like to have these hearings. The question is whether uh, the chairman of that committee, Jerry Nadler, Will let us do that because I, I I tend to think he probably won't. Yeah. Um, because they don't. I don't think they really want uh, the answer. all this stuff to come out. Yeah. Right. They don't want the answer to these questions. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. You see that from some of the ways he's evaded questions already in the in the media and, and, and hearings. Um. Yeah. Staying on Nancy Pelosi just for one more second. I know uh, a lot of Republicans are upset that uh, she was observed going bypassing the metal detectors after uh, a fine was imposed on a a Republican colleague for doing the same thing. Um, Are Republicans able to get some uh, equal treatment on this? Will they be able to force the Sergeant at Arms to penalize uh, the Speaker for her her violating her own policy?
1: Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, the reality is I know uh, the two representatives on the Republican side that did, um, they both are appealing it. Number one. And second, secondly, I know that uh, a lawsuit has been filed against Nancy Pelosi in the House, and 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 the reality is, though, John, and you know this very well, Um, Speaker Pelosi um, is no problem with telling you to do something and then doing whatever she darn well pleases. It's this, uh, it is the 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 feel of loyalty, if you will. I mean, it's the you got to wear a mask unless it's me and I'm going to get my hair roots die that day, or whatever yeah. it may be yeah. uh, I, mean, I mean this is this is very, very consistent for her to be um have have a double standard and and that's what we see all the time and so we push on it constantly, and and these these guys are pushing, and Supreme caucus is pushing, and some of my other colleagues in the Republican Caucus are pushing as well.
0: Yeah, well, hypocrisy has become such a powerful storyline since uh, the Democrats have took over. There's just been so many examples in the last six weeks. And one of those are policy-related. So Joe Biden uh, repeatedly portrayed himself as the blue-collar Joe. He was going to take care of blue-collar workers. And then the Trans Canada Pipeline gets closed down. They do minimum wage, small businesses in trouble. Millions of jobs or thousands of jobs have been eliminated. Millions are threatened, according to CBO, by the minimum wage. And how... Uh, how are we at this point where the promise to blue collar workers is now being, and middle class workers is being uh, eroded by the actual policy decisions? And, and what advantage does it give Republicans to go back to the American public and say, well, not only we told you so, but here's our alternative?
1: Well, John, as, as you know, um, the, the uh, representation, the constituency of Democrats and Republicans have now switched. Yep. Republicans now are the party of the working class. And more and more working class people are getting that. So so you're shutting down. You're going to close restaurants. You're going to uh, – some small manufacturing houses. All kinds of companies are going to go down because it's 15 bucks an hour When if, if that happens. Not only that, though, um, they closed down that the, the Keith Bone pipeline. I mean, just if you think about that, and then the callous way that the Biden administration as portrayed by uh, their spokesperson last week uh, said, oh, well, you know, well." Just come back with data and figures. We're we're going to get them jobs. We're going to get them opportunities in months, months, as if as if people who have jobs that are good, pay, good paying jobs, yeah, high quality jobs, that that they can wait for months, yeah, uh, without being re- Yeah, it it is just such an elitist organization over there, Democrats now, and and you're questioning about how does that help Republicans? Well, Republicans um, actually can can craft the narrative right and tell the truth about what's happening, then I think people uh, understand that. I mean, I don't understand, quite frankly, how, how how you can miss out on what's happening here. But what's happening is is the Biden administration is immediately caving, uh, killing jobs, killing the economy, killing uh, uh, American energy independence, uh, opening up the border to let in low-skilled, low-wage workers to compete with people who who uh, who are losing jobs that are... That, that need to get employment or are underemployed by right now, all of that is happening in the first still what two two weeks really of the Biden administration,
0: yeah, yeah, I know it really is and and uh, you're you're beginning to see when you see rich trumpka raising concerns as the FLCIO chairman yeah that that's it, right he bought the wrong mirage apparently uh then you know you know something. Uh, is, is clearly up. Yeah. I know you got to get back because there's uh, many things going on in Capitol Hill. I just want to ask you one last question: the state of the Republican sure. Party. It's obvious that President Trump will be acquitted at the end of this trial based on the current reporting and the votes. Unless something dramatic happens, he'll be twice acquitted, twice innocent. Uh, where does the Republican Party go once this trial is is over, and how do they take back tw- uh, the House in 2022?
1: I think both parties are really uh, have some fissures and then some cracks in them. Uh, I I do think that uh, Trump's kind of a a neo-populist, conservative um, platform remains extremely popular with um, the base of the Republican Party. I would say 60 million people of the 74 million that uh, voted for him remain very, very loyal to that brand, whether it's the no, no more forever wars, build the military, respect the police. Lower taxes, less regulation. Secure the border, right? I think secure the border. Yeah, secure the border, finish the border. I think those those continuing um, storylines, they really resonate with the American people. And I think that uh, the Republican Party can come back very strong from this. On the other hand, the other side is, is dealing with a move to absolute radical leftism and a move to elitism. And um, I still think we're a center-right country for the most part, oh, yeah. and that means that there's an opening for uh, people who represent the working class, people who represent the uh, freedom and the Constitution, and I think that's where. Uh, that's where the Republican's bread and butter is.
0: And how big is the border issue? I mean, you're in a border state. How big is the border issue now that people realize catch and release is sort of effectively back? And once, uh, you know, Mark Morgan was on the show last week, said once COVID's over, uh, the 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 flood of crisis is going to create it at the border. Is that becoming, is that issue starting to become a, a real to everyday Americans again?
1: Yeah, they're starting to feel it. Um, and, it's, and it's starting to pick back up. I mean, you cannot promise it this be from anywhere 15 to 25 million people. Um, you can't, uh, you can't do it with the MPV program. All that, that Biden's doing, without it elevating this. I mean, we are now catching three, three to thirty, three thousand to thirty-five hundred people a day. Yeah, that number is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you're, just think of that. That's, that's ninety to hundred and five thousand people a month that we're catching again. And at the height of our, of our, of our surge in 2019, it was about 150,000, 157,000, I think roughly was the, was the top number. We are already at two thirds of that and, um, they're overrun. I, I was just down at the border, uh, recently and talking to ranchers, farmers, businesses, uh, border patrol agents, uh, and they all tell me they're slammed. They're slammed right now. It's amazing. And, uh, uh, yeah. So, and, and uh, The problem, of course, of of it is, John, just leave everything else out of it. The human toil, uh, 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 cost these people make, trying to make that, trying to enter into this country. They're abused. There's human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, all going on. All of that's happening. And it happens because uh, when you don't enforce your laws or your border, uh, you incentivize people to come and they're willing to take that chance.
0: Yeah, that's the danger. I mean, it's the criminal activity that picks right up the second those borders open up again, or once there's ambiguity in the enforcement uh, rules. That's right. Uh, and that leaves us real victims. I've, I've, I've seen too many of them in my life to count. And I know you have too, living in a border state. So
1: yeah,
0: uh, it's an amazing time ahead of us. Well, sir, I know you got to get back to work. I want to thank you so much for spending the time with us. We're, uh, we're going to have you back on again soon. We love uh, keeping on top of all the big issues that you, you represent with your great work every day.
1: Uh, thanks john you're doing great work as well got a lot of respect for you keep it up
0: same here sir thank you very much have a good rest of the day you too uh, all right folks that wraps things up well we're gonna go to a quick commercial break when we're done we'll come back and wrap up the day for you with some more news
1: okay it's time to commit 2024
0: is the year for prioritizing yourself Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient.
1: Comfortable. Ah.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we were so lucky to have Congressman Andy Biggs join us. So many issues going on in Washington, inside the Capitol, the impeachment trial, uh, the fallout from the riots, the uh, new security rules, questions of hypocrisy. Uh, the immigration issue, the border, the immigration executive orders by Joe Biden is beginning to change the security posture of America at the border in the interior of the country. Um, we're hearing from a lot of concerned ICE officers, a lot going on in that front and uh, so eager to be able to bring someone who's on the front lines that knows really what's going on, gives you the latest intelligence. I want to thank Congressman Andy Biggs for his time today. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. And just one thought as we exit for the day. Uh, you might be looking for a Valentine's gift still, just like I was. I've got a great offer. Our good friends at Kansas City Steaks, well, they have a Valentine's Day package just for you so that your loved one can turn your home into a steakhouse for a romantic night on Valentine's Day with some of the best cuts of meat you've ever had. And if you buy using the Just News code, Just News, one word, while you're on the KansasCityStakes.com website, you get an incredible deal. A bunch of money off and free shipping just because you're a Just the News follower, fan, sponsor. Um, we love that you're listening to us. What a neat idea. Instead of going out for one time, how about cooking in, showing your loved one that you took the extra effort to pick a nice meal out and to a nice dessert some nice uh, side dishes, and you cooked it yourself so that you can spend a quiet, special night, Valentine's night, at your home. I'm doing that for my great wife, Judy. We've been married uh, more than 32 years now. Uh, We love to go out to restaurants. We want to support restaurants in the pandemic. We have been. But sometimes just doing something special at home in the quiet of your home uh, and the extra effort that you didn't just go buy a meal, you picked it out and you cooked it yourself on the grill, well, I think that's got something to add to the very special holiday that uh, St. Valentine's Day is for us and our family. I hope Judy's surprised. Hopefully she didn't hear this podcast. But if she has, well, she knows what she's getting to eat, a good steak over this weekend. All right, folks. Well, again, thanks for listening. When you support people like Kansas City Steaks, you're supporting Just the News and our mission to give you honest, courageous journalism, Just the Facts, let you make up your mind, news, not noise, information, not indoctrination. It's the folks, the good folks at Kansas City Stakes and others that make this show and make our website Just the News possible. So have a good meal. Have a special way of celebrating Valentine's Day and support your favorite news organization. What a great deal. We're so thankful. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and God bless this great country of America as he always has. I'm John Solomon. If you need a quick news fix, you know where to go. Just the